Thanks for listening to this week's sermon from Epicos Church in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. For more information about Epicos, please visit epicos.org. Oh, sorry, guys. Um, I had to be honest, this morning is the first time I've preached in English in about four years. So uh, don't worry, you're getting the third of, of them. So any mistakes that happen, if my mind switches over to Jack, just wave at me or, or yell something. Um, it's good to be with you guys today. I, uh, even though I speak Czech, oftentimes when we're at churches, people will hear my wife Misha and I speak in Czech together and they'll su- assume that I'm Czech. No, I grew up here in Wisconsin, actually like Geneva, and I went to the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh and that's where my life was turned upside down and I knew Jesus. And so I'm American, even though it might not sound it sometimes because my, my English language has suffered over the years I've been in Czech too. My wife is Misha. You can see her in the back before you leave. Uh, she helps my street cred in the Czech Republic. I'm, I'm working on getting a dual citizenship, but married to a Czech definitely helps Czechs accept me a little bit more. And then we have these two little rascals, uh, Oliver and Artie, um, everyone's like, oh, they're so cute. Just go look at them right now in the lobby. You might reconsider that. Um, they're 100% like me, nonstop energy. Uh, so you could pray for my wife because she lives with three Zachs, um, the poor, poor woman. Uh, people oftentimes say, Zach, what do you do? And I'll say, I am a church-planting American football coach or an American football coaching church planter. This is actually from this summer. Uh, we won the, the Czech Bowl. Uh, we've won two of the last three. And the way I coach, what I do, everything we operate around and how we function is we want to see disciples that make disciples, that make disciples. Misha and I serve with Converge. If you didn't know, Epicos is a converged church. And our mission is wanting to see gospel movements everywhere. And that's what we do. Uh, I do that through American football, through coaching. It's a crazy thing some days. Um, we also do it in our community through the boys' school. Both boys are now going to school, which creates more time for Misha also to interact with other moms. And Misha also does anti-human trafficking where she goes into brothels and tries to help women that are trafficked in and then sometimes through Prague get out. And what we're about is, through all those different activities, what we're about is seeing disciples that make disciples and seeing gospel movements everywhere. Um, And if you want to hear more about it, please grab one of these prayer cards, put it on your fridge, pray for us. Uh, The Czech Republic is a country of roughly 90% atheists, depending on on what statistic you read. And the evangelical church is less than one-third of 1%. Uh, so it's a place kind of void of faith, let's say. Um, so grab one of these, give us your email address. If you're interested in, in, in partnering with us through prayer or financial giving, we would certainly welcome that. Um, and also tomorrow night, we're going to be having pizza here. So if you saw that, come back and talk to us some more. But you might be wondering, okay, well, why are you here, Zach? 
What's the Epicos connection? That's a good question. For those of you who don't know, if you're newer to Epicos, the founding pastor's name was, is, is, hi Danny if you're watching, is Danny Parmley. And Danny and I went to university together at Oshkosh. And one of the things that most people thought was, my faith story is very similar to Danny's faith story. How we became Christians at UWO is very similar. With crew, we both were pushed into leadership positions and we were the MCs and we did all this stuff. And people assumed that I would just follow the course in Danny Parmley's footsteps. But then this whole little Czech thing entered the scene. And I went to Czech for about two years as an intern with Athletes in Action. And I was praying about what was next. And guys, I was one decision away from being Danny's first assistant pastor here at Epicos. Then it was just the east side. Uh, but like Franz Kafka, a Czech author, said, Prague is like a little mother. Once she gets her hooks in you, she doesn't let you go. And that is very true. She has not let me go, and I don't foresee her letting me go anytime soon. So the connection is what God did in Danny's heart, what God did in my heart, a shared commitment to the gospel, seeing disciples made and seeing gospel movements here in Milwaukee and all the way to Prague. And I wanna thank you guys on behalf of my wife and my boys and I that you guys might have not even known before today that I existed. But you have been making an impact for years through your partnership with us in the gospel of the, in the Czech Republic. So thank you. I really, really can't say thank you enough. Have you guys enjoyed this series? I have loved it. And yes, I do watch the streams when we're not in church or I do listen to the podcast. And there's been some, so many good parts of this series. I loved Pastor Frank discussing we don't need Ned Flanders Christians uh, because I, I'll be honest with you, Czechs love the Simpsons. Their view of what a Christian is is legit Ned Flanders, no joking. So they meet me and, or my wife, we're oftentimes the first Christian that uh, sometimes that these, our friends will meet and they don't, don't know what to do with us. I don't say Oakley, Oakley. I, I don't, uh, no offense to mustaches. Sometimes I rock a mustache, but I, I don't I have a Ned Flanders mustache. I don't function like him. So that really hit home as, as I listened to this. And also, listening to Paul talk about his own struggles, talking with the Colossians about their struggles and trying to work through it and, and do it unto Jesus and allowing this God, this transcendent to function and work through us and out so we could see our communities impacted. It's just hit me again and again and again as I've listened to this, this series. And on top of it, this book has always been special to me because God used it to help switch my perspective years ago. See, I've lived in Czech 18 out of the last 20 years and I shared with you the statistics. And if I was just concerned on the things of earth, the things in front of my nose, and that's all I saw, I would have packed my bags years ago. About 14 years ago, I got to the point, a few years in of being a missionary, where I just realized I needed a shift. I needed to have an eternal perspective, even on serving as a missionary, even as thinking, okay, how's this gonna work as we were planning everything? I needed that shift. I needed a shift from this is a sprint to this is a marathon. I needed a short view to increase to a long view. 
in this book and the Colossians and Paul's words to the Colossians help me get to that point. And I'm not minimizing, friends, anything that is happening right in front of our noses. God cares about what's happening in front of our noses. But he also wants us to see the things beyond and above that. So let me pray, and then we'll get into the text. Uh, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for the opportunity to be together. Thank you for your word. Thank you that it encourages us uh, when we have the high highs and when we have the low lows. Thank you, Spirit, that you don't leave us alone, but you're here with us, working in and through us. And Spirit, I just pray right now that you would meet each and every one of us exactly where we are. I know I am coming off a different Thanksgiving than I've done in years. I need you to meet me. And I'm sure there's people that are in the same spot. So show up. Give me the words that you want. Take away the words you don't. In Jesus' name, amen. If you guys could open your Bibles or your phones. I travel a ton, and I try to limit what we carry. So I'm going to be reading this from my phone. Colossians 3, 1 through 4. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. All right, there's a lot there. But before we get into those four verses, I wanted to help you see something that I saw and was terribly encouraging to me. And just a reminder, we've heard this throughout the series, the Bible can't mean something different for us than it meant for them. So we don't want to inject anything today that is, this is what we're thinking, this is what we wanted to say. We want it to teach us what it has to say and what it meant for them, which obviously applies to us. So let's keep that in mind as we move forward. But I do want us to see something here, that God does not have loose ends. He makes sure to have everything covered. And we could see that in these four, four verses. He looks back. He looks at the now. He looks at the future. And that's important to help us understand that. So if you just look at those four verses, you could see the past represented in verse one, have been raised. You could see the present represented in verse three, you are hidden. It's here today, you are hidden. And in verse four, you could see the future represented you will be revealed with Christ. And I don't know if you're like me, but I get stuck oftentimes, and I think that God only cares about what I did in the past or what I am doing here today, right now, or what I should be doing tomorrow. This is how we set our minds on the things of earth and not on the things of above. And what God is really saying to us is he's saying, son, daughter, I care about it all. It's not about what you did, will do, or whatnot. It's about what I did. This is God speaking. It's about what I did, I'm doing, and will do. And that's perfect 
for this series, Center of All Things. And really, verse 1 is center of all things. We could see that clearly. He says, if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of of God. And what we need to understand here is everything, and I mean everything, or all things, flow from Christ's work, not our own. Paul's laboring to help us see that. And guys, I'm a former athlete. I will say former. If you follow me on social media, when I'm normal in my normal mode, I, I run around uh, about 15 miles a week, and I try to fake that I'm still an athlete. I'm not an athlete. I was an athlete. And I was a decent athlete. I did play overseas, and I, I had some success. I didn't have much success at UWO. We won't get into that today. But the reason I was good wasn't because I was gifted with these amazing football abilities. I, the, the only reason I was good is because I was a grinder. My dad was the head football coach at Lake Geneva Badger. I knew where the weight room was, and I spent a lot of time there. So I normally think I need to work harder than everyone. Nobody could work harder than me. That's just how I function. That's how I was raised. That's how I function. And I mentioned, uh, I mentioned that I'm a football coach and, and an owner of the team. Recently, in the last two months, something crazy has happened. Um, we joined a professional league called the European League of Football, or ELF. Elf. Yes, you can, I give you permission to laugh at that. Um, I didn't make it up, but I'm really excited to be part of it because our footprint is no longer just Prague and Czech, but all over Europe. And it's, it's amazing to see what God's done, like miracle-level stuff that I don't have time to get into all today. But we needed financing to make that happen, which meant I needed to work. And a lot of times, people now see that we found this financing, we found our investment group, most of which are Christians, which is a huge blessing, American Christians. And, and they're like, these, these people are coming to me and they're asking, like, how'd you do it? What's your secret? And they don't, like, they don't like my response. These irreligious uh, Europe, Europeans or, or, or Czechs ask me this. They're looking for a lottery ticket. They want something easy. How can we make something big happen? What can we do? And I'll say, well, at the end of the day, I just work harder than everyone else. I stayed up later to 2 a.m. most weeknights working, calling. I was willing to take more no's because I knew with every no there would be a yes soon. That's how I function. But then the part that really throws them is this. And then after I work hard and try to work harder than everyone else, I sleep like God is sovereign in control over everything. And if this is going to happen, it's going to be because of God. And then they look at me. They don't know what to do. But that second part, friends, is hard. Because... The, the, the grinder stuff is easy. That's a lot the case for a lot of us, right? It's what I do. It's what I do. No, it's not what you do. It's not what you do. It's what Jesus does. It's what Jesus has done. It's what he's doing now and what he will be doing. Everything, the center of all things, it's Jesus. It's like the Sunday school answer. Teacher asks something, you just say, Jesus. Good job, Zachary. Jesus. 
And then we move forward into verse two, set your minds on things above, not on things of the earth. And I, I told you about the, looking for this investment group, right? Uh, what it meant for me in Prague was I also had to, but I wasn't just talking with guys here in the States and girls here in the States. I was meeting with Czech businessmen. And the thing about the Czech culture is it's very material based. So what you could touch, what you could feel and whatnot, right? So I would say invest X amount of money so that we can have a franchise in this league that has a half billion global reach. And they just look at me like I, I'm crazy. You have antlers growing. <laughs> but the minute I found this investment group, the same guys are like, hey, Zach, let's build a stadium. And I'm just like, stadium, much more expensive, much more difficult than this. But that's just easier for them. It's easier to see the things that you can touch and have right in front of your nose. And a lot of times living in this culture, I could do the same thing even with my faith where I get distracted. I get distracted. My eyes aren't on the things above. My eyes are just on what's tangible, what I can touch, not here. And what we see in this text is, is God saying that once we become Christ followers, once we choose to follow Jesus, his interests are now our interests. And there's a complete reversal but there's, there's a couple pitfalls, and that's what I really wanted to zero in on this, this, this verse about. There's a couple of pitfalls that we could have. We could be like my Czech friends who just see the physical, right? And in the early church, there was a, a movement, a, a sect called Gnosticism. And I'm not going to get into that. You could Google it. But the shortest explanation of it is the Gnostics believe that the physical, the flesh, was evil, and the things above were good. And that's not what Paul is telling us. Paul is not saying he wants us to escape this world and leave all that behind. What he's, he's not saying that at all. We're going to get into a bit more in a second what he's actually saying. But oftentimes, I think as Christians, we could think we could, be, we could become a Christian. We could start to follow Jesus. And I did this in my own life. Everything that was pre-Jesus, I was like, evil. And really, most of it wasn't evil. There was some evil things. And those things I needed to be wise and have God help me with. But a lot of it was neutral. And, and I look back and I regret so much of what God could have done because I cut off relationships with people that needed Jesus just as much as me because I responded too much the one way where I just was treating the things of this earth as evil or not good. But that's not what Paul's saying. He doesn't want us to escape. And that's the second, the second pitfall we could have. When I became a Christian, there was a very popular worship song, I Can Only Imagine. You guys know it? Oh man, I can't tell you how many times we sang that at Crew, you know, up at Oshkosh. I'm not dogging the song. If you love the song, that's cool. But all too often, we just think about heaven and we stop realizing that what God wants us to do is, yes, think about heaven and imagine heaven, but not just think about that, but think about heaven coming down to earth. And Lightfoot said this, you must not only seek heaven, you must think heaven. 
So Paul isn't saying to us, become monks and withdraw from the world. Cut off all that because it's evil. No, he's saying, yes, seek heaven and the things above, but also think it. And, and set our minds on those things so that we have a complete reorientation of our lives and that our direction of, of life is actually now his direction. What he aims at, we aim at. And that's what is, that's Paul is trying to help us see through this, is not to gravitate to that one extreme, but to set our minds on the things that God is doing and allow those things to impact us. In verse three, it says, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ. Uh, when I learned the Czech language, I had to uh, relearn things like imperative, passive voice, accusative, genitive, all these other things that I had no idea existed anymore because I, I, I hadn't studied English in depth in years. And I'm thankful for that because it actually helped me be able to study the Bible better as a result of learning that stuff. And when we're looking at this text, the, the voice, the passive voice that Paul uses often is raised, what God has done. Not what the Colossians have done, not what you and I have done, but what God has done. And this goes back to what I've said before. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus' work. It's, everything flows from him. And ultimately, he just doesn't say that we've been raised with God, but he also says we have been hidden with Christ, And not just that, but hidden with Christ in God. And I don't know if you guys are like me, but oftentimes I struggle with having security and wondering if, if God really has me, if I'm solid with him. And what Paul encourages the Colossians here is that they have surety. They have something that is firm, and in our world of pandemics, rumors of war and everything, this is key. I mean, at the beginning of this year, my wife and I, no joke, we had a evacuation suitcase packed. We have pills in our flat in Prague if there was a, a, a nuclear attack. Because I could drive to Ukraine in a day from where we live. And I needed, as I was reading this and thinking about life, the rumors of war, this, pandemic, sickness, I needed this. Because we have a double layer of protection. Did you, did you hear that? Our lives are hidden in Christ, not by our work, by his. And not just hidden in Christ, but hidden in Christ in God. That's like uh, the football coach. That's in me, I'm thinking, okay, well, that's our O-line and that's a fullback double level of protection so that quarterback's not getting touched. And that's what we need to see. And I don't know if you're like me, but I needed to read that because Paul wants the Colossians and us to see that we have hope. We have a hope that's stored up in heaven, that we have a relationship with Jesus and that is secure and not moving no matter what happens. Paul just isn't in there, though. Verse 4, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. Paul takes it another level, which he does all the time. That's why I love Paul. And he doesn't beat around the bush, either. He uses very definitive language. 
when, not if, when Christ appears. He says, you will appear, not maybe, but definitive language. And a lot of times because this language, and I don't know if I told you guys, but Czech is the third hardest language in the world for Americans to learn. So sometimes I speak bad. That was just a joke. I, you know, no. <laughs> I speak poorly because my mind has been warped by the Czech language. And while I was preparing this, I, was, I, I wanted the word certainty or assurance. But the only word that was coming into my mind as I was preparing was surety. And so I'm like, surety, yeah, I want surety. We want surety. So I looked that up in the dictionary, and it says the state of being sure, having certainty and assurance. And I'm like, oh, those are the English words I forgot. But listen to this. The next definition of surety, one who has become legally liable for the debt, default, or failure in duty of another. The dictionary could preach Jesus is our security and our surety. He took our debt. He became liable for that. And then he buried it and it died in the ground. All that junk died. It's dead. It's gone. Passive voice raised us from the dead. And not just raised us and we don't just have that hope there, but we are hidden and then he talks, it takes it to another step where he says, we have a future hope. A hope that is stored up in heaven. A hope that of glory. A hope that we have anticipation of being presented before the throne of God holy, without blemish, free from accusation, complete in Christ. We have a future hope. Let me say that again. We have a future hope. And the question for, that came to my mind when I was preparing and the question that I have for you is where do you need today to realize that you have a future hope? Your family? Your finances? Your faith? Just waking up tomorrow and going to work? Even though I'm a missionary... Oftentimes I put on a pedestal, right? I'm a football coach, so let's talk about JV and varsity. People think, oh, Zach's been a missionary for 18 out of the last 20 years in Prague. He's always oh, faith. Oh, it's amazing. And guys, I have been in a place of desperation more times than I can tell you. For every good thing you read in a prayer letter or see me share on Facebook, there's about 20 lows that went into that good thing. And I try to be honest and communicate that stuff in prayer letters. And almost every time I do, I'm not kidding, somebody sends me a message, maybe you need help. And I write back, I do get help. But I needed, I needed, I need to see that God has a future hope for me. That's that long-term view. That's that change in perspective that God did in my life 14 years ago. Because there's been times where I pulled suitcases and you could ask Misha on the way out, is, did that, has Zach done this? And she'll tell you probably more times than I could count. I pulled suitcases down and said, we're going. 
And she's like, I don't want to live in America. No offense to America. I love it here. I want to surf here. And I'll just, ah, I can't do it. I can't deal with this anymore. And then I remember that the Czech Republic has a future hope. That Zach Herod has a future hope because of Jesus. And that future hope has continued to carry me through the ups and way lows throughout the years. Because if that future hope hadn't carried me, my wife wouldn't be my wife. Those two little rascals probably wouldn't exist. The lives of people that have been impacted, it would look completely different. And I wanted to be honest with you guys because us pastors or missionaries were just people that are struggling too. And Jesus meets us. So we have a future hope. We have that future hope, that double security, like two offensive lines covered. So as I close, let me encourage us all to lift our eyes, our hearts, our minds to him. And really what the things above are, he's gonna talk about that in the following verses. But what I would say as I close is, what he wants us to think is, let's live play, dance, recreate, recreate, and work in concert with God so that the transcendent, so that the transcendent, the things above, will be seen through us and redemption of what is broken here on earth, including our hearts, will be made right. There's a book that we've read so many times. It's called Loved. It's the Lord's Prayer by Sally Lloyd-Jones. It's a paraphrase of the Lord's Prayer for Kids. We call the book Daddy because of the way the, the book starts with the words Daddy. Talking to God that way. But there's a phrase, a prayer, make everything right in the world and in my heart too. And this is what setting our minds on things above is. It's allowing God, asking God and his spirit to work in us to make our hearts right and make the hearts of the world around us right. This is redemption. And this is what West Allis needs. This is what Milwaukee needs. This is what Prague needs. Our cities need followers, Christ followers' hearts who've been so transformed that we live in concert with him that things are made right. And as I close, you might be sitting here and like, Zach, this is totally things above, up there you might just need the simplest prayer of God help me want to want to set my heart on things above. And I've prayed that so many times. God help me want to want to read the Bible today. God help me want to want to leave my door today and talk to somebody who doesn't want to hear anything about Jesus or God today. Help me want to want. Be honest with him. God understands and he's here with you in that. Let's pray. Jesus, help us want to want to set our minds and our hearts on things above. Jesus, I'll be honest, I don't have it in my own power and I'm thankful that everything comes from you and you're not saying, Zach, grind it, work it up, you can do it. No, you're saying, just come to me. Express your need and say, help, and I'll help you. Thank you so much for that, Jesus. And I pray today that you would change us, that those things above, those transcendent things would be worked out through us.
and that hearts here today, including my heart again, would be made right, and that hearts around us in this city of Milwaukee and West Allis and all the way to Prague would be made right too, and that we would see lives changed because of your work and what you're doing in us and through us. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.